Because Tron Legacy is still in theaters at the time of this recording, the first few minutes of this episode will be spoiler-free. So don't turn us off and delete the episode yet, but listen to the first few minutes, and then we'll let you know when the spoilers start. Are You Just Watching is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network over at noodle.mx and is sponsored by me and my company, djosephdesign.com where you can get website design, cover art for your podcast, a whole website for your podcast, all sorts of cool design services. Check out my portfolio over at djosephdesign.com and see how I can make stuff look amazingly great for you or especially for your podcast. just watching initial reactions 14 tron legacy i'm daniel lewis and i'm e franklin welcome to the podcast where we share critical thinking for the entertained christian this is big yes it is this is huge (laughs) we've been looking forward to this thing for what two three years something like that yeah it's as uh, if you our listeners have listened to our last episode which i highly recommend that you do because it's we're going to tie back to it so much in this episode are you just watching.com slash 18 for that we did an episode on tron mm. before are you just watching existed yes tron inspired are you just watching to exist and at the time when we recorded that tr- the tron legacy movie was just a rumor yeah well the the teaser had come out right the week that we were recording that right And that was awesome. And here we are almost exactly two years later. Mm -hmm. I think it was around this same time, two years ago, that we (laughs) recorded it. So here we are two years later, and we're talking about what was just a legend. Well, (laughs) just a slight rumor and a very undescript teaser trailer. Highly anticipated sequel. Yes. And it was totally awesome. Tron starts out with this little thing, and this isn't too spoilerish, so don't worry, but it starts out with this explanation of the grid, mm-hmm. and then, of course, some good soundtrack music in there, surprisingly by a group called Daft Punk, but <laughs> this is from the movie Tron Legacy, which was absolutely amazing and highly, highly, highly recommended that you go see it. The Grid, a digital frontier. I tried to picture clusters of information as they moved through the computer. What did they look like? Ships, motorcycles. Were the circuits like freeways? I kept dreaming of a world I thought I'd never see. And then, one day, I got in.
some great music there. Oh, I, I just, and I, it puts me right back in the theater with the chills that I was just, yeah, I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so before we start talking about this movie in depth, mm-hmm. or as much as we can, and in then initial reactions, let's approach it from non-spoiler perspective. And right. first of all, entertainment value. Uh, I think you had to have seen the first movie to be entertained by this one. And I would say you have to be a fan of the first movie. Right. You can't have been somebody who watched it and went, oh, that was kind of blah. I didn't really get it. Where was the story? If you did that with the first movie, you're going to do that with the second movie, too. Although I think the second one, Tron Legacy, was a bit easier to follow. Because it, the first one, well, for one thing, the first one was kind of hard to hear some of it mm-hmm. and what's going on and what's being said. And... Some of the first one, it seems nowadays they explain things a lot more mm-hmm. in movies, or they mm-hmm. don't try and get so deep sometimes. Or they they don't leave it up to the audience to figure it out. They expect the audience to not try to figure it out. Sometimes, yeah. Some, true. yeah. I guess it's split. It's now, there's a bigger divide between one and the other. Yeah. But Tron Legacy was, I thought, very entertaining. Probably my favorite movie from 2010. Really? Yes. Huh. The only other thing I think that was up there as like absolute favorite of 2010 is probably Karate Kid. <laughs> but besides that, I think Tron, my favorite movie. Mm, I think Inception's still my favorite. I though Tron, mm. as much as I as much as I anticipated Tron, it, there's always that level of of disappointment when you actually go see the movie that you have been anticipating for a very, very long time. <laughs> but I, and I think that maybe reason why I like inception more is just because inception was so original mm. um, that, you know, it, it made me think I walked out of the theater just, you know, wrapped you know, wrapped up in that movie and Tron, it was just more of, I was just giddy because I finally got to see it. You know, well, I didn't, I anticipated it a lot, and I think it met my uh, met and exceeded my expectations. For one thing is, I realized at one point that all of the trailers and even the clips, like I went to an exclusive 20-minute preview mm-hmm. of Tron Legacy, and even the clips and scenes that they played in there, and all of the trailers and everything, I realized I still didn't know what the movie was really about mm-hmm. and what was really happening. And then that made me suddenly appreciate it all the more. Right. Because most trailers give, give away, away the movie. Yeah, you might as well just not go see the movie after you've seen yeah. the trailer. And yeah. many of them, the movies are not as funny as the trailers are. <laughs> Oddly. Open season, I'm looking at you. <laughs> but uh, also from a... Uh, family-friendly perspective. Now, mm-hmm. we always recommend check out what Focus on the Family says through PluggedIn.com, and we'll link to that in the show notes, right. which will be at areyoujustwatching.com slash IR14. That's for initial reactions, 14. So check that out to read more about family-friendly aspect. Right. But there was violence in this, mm-hmm. of course. Right. Lots of violence. No um, blood. Or actually, I think there was t- one t- drop of blood. Yeah, yeah <laughs> tiny little bit of blood. Um, <laughs> bodies shattering but not in the way that mm-hmm. human bodies shatter in the way that glass shatters so that's not like i think that was the same point that that uh uh we made when when we did our re- review of eclipse was that that was what kind of brought the violence down and that was that when they were destroying the vampires they just broke like stone <laughs> you know and so i guess when you when you take out the blood maybe it's not quite as violent i yeah. don't know <laughs> and uh, sexual content 
none, although there were several provocative characters, Mm -hmm. but nothing went anywhere or anything. It's just the characters act provocatively. In fact, uh, when we were leaving the movie, one of the people we talked to said that was one of the things he didn't like. He's like, where was the love interest? Couldn't they have given us at least a kiss? (laughs) (laughs) Go get the original Tron DVD and get the extras on there and you'll discover there is actually a PG love scene that was removed from the movie. Right. But I think visual effects too. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And the, everyone knows that Flynn's young character, Flynn plays himself. Right. It's a CG animated character. They did pretty good. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I, I forgot that he was CG. Mm-hmm. Other times I could tell he was computer generated. Right. I, I I was very, very conscious of it right at the beginning of the movie where they did a flashback to the 80s where he was talking to his son at bedtime. Right. Yeah, and, it's in the trailer. Um, they had um, just the way they they kind of moved around him with the camera and kept his face mostly in shadow. I, I was very conscious of the fact there that they were trying to blend him with reality in such a way that you weren't it wasn't really obvious that you were looking at a cgi character yeah, there are some technical reasons for that it's mm-hmm. very difficult to make cgi look natural in a real mm-hmm. uh, real image. life so, yeah whereas if you create the entire environment like avatar it's mm-hmm. very easy to make things look real, real. because mm-hmm. everything else looks Is, in right. that same style but you can control the lighting and in in it much better yeah um, so Tron, I definitely, I would give it five stars and <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And what would you say? I, I, I think it's for me personally, it was probably a four star okay. movie, but I think this is going to be, uh, I hate to say it. I think it's going to get really bad reviews overall. Probably. I, I think it'll get a lot of mixed reviews mm-hmm. because the people who liked the original Tron, We'll mm-hmm. probably rave about this movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. But the people who aren't fans of the original Tron. Or haven't even bothered to watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, probably aren't going to like this movie as mm-hmm. much. The plot, we won't give it away here, but the plot is not really all that unique. <laughs> but the way they explain it is unique, of course. That's why they made a movie. About the it. environment is unique. That's yeah. what. I mean, and that was what made the original Tron so spectacular was the environment Mm -hmm. and just the whole concept of going inside a computer. Um, And I think one of the reasons the original Tron did so badly was because computers were so not there back in the early 80s. I mean, they were things that companies used, but people didn't have personal computers. They didn't live in a computerized world like we live now. And with Tron Legacy, it's trying to bring that that innocence of what a computer is forward into an era where we live with computers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we carry them in our pockets, and and I don't think most of us could even get through a day without looking at one at some point. And it's, I mean, even our phones now are computers. <clears throat> so I think it's a different. It's a different generation that's watching this movie. But unfortunately, they kept it tied into that 80s closed circuit kind of computer. 
And I think my major disappointment in the sequel was that I was really wanting to see it branch out into the web, you know, the internet, the the digital communication of this era, and they kept it tied into that 80s computer. Maybe that will be like Tron Legacy Reborn or <laughs> Tron Rebirth or something. Yeah, <laughs> and that when, we're, when we are ready to give spoilers, we can in, talk about in that another, more. <laughs> in another 28 years, they'll right. make Tron Rebirth. Uh, anything else before we go on to spoiler things? No. Okay. One thing I want to recommend to you people who are interested in seeing Tron Legacy <laughs> is if it's been more than a month since you've seen the original Tron, I highly recommend that you go back and rewatch the original Tron. My wife and I did that the day of seeing Tron It was Legacy. her first time seeing it, yes. wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. She went with me for the 20 minute feature uh-huh. and I asked her, so you think this is interesting? Which by the way, she was like one of two females in that <laughs> audience, <laughs> literally, but it was a Geeky small crowd. Audience. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And so she said, yeah, it looks interesting. I want to watch the original. So we watched the original just a little bit before going to see Tron legacy in mm-hmm. the theaters and screened it. So it, it made a whole lot more sense. Even as I'm watching Tron, just knowing what I know from trailers mm-hmm. about Tron Legacy, watching the original Tron, a lot of things stood out to me and I realized, oh, that's going to be important. Mm. Oh, I better remember that. Or oh, no way, that's that's what that is. Even, especially you'll appreciate the actors, mm-hmm. just seeing how young the actors were back right. in the right. 80s, 1982 when right. Tron was released. And that's a, a, one of the points I kind of wanted to make too was that this is an 80s style movie brought forward into 2010 and there are for those of us who remember the 80s especially the early 80s it's like a walk down memory lane i mean there there's scenes in there where it just it's like you're flashing back to the 80s in a good way i mean a lot of people when when you think back on the 80s it's like oh it's like the worst decade ever but it really i mean the flashbacks are good ones. You're kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And, oh, that's cool. But the, you're not actually going back to the 80s. The movie takes place in in now. But there's because of some of the locations and the, some of the characters, it kind of forces you to remember, yeah. remember the 80s. Okay. So we're done with the spoiler-free section. If you don't want spoilers, stop now. But please come back and listen later because <laughs> we will share things with you that y'all know Money. about yeah okay so now we've got the people who either don't care about being spoiled or have, or have seen, the, seen movie. the movie yeah mm-hmm. tron the grid <laughs> i thought the grid was so much cooler in mm-hmm. this oh yeah it wasn't flat and in hard angle dimensional there was there was it it flowed it mm-hmm. was it was more multi-dimensional much more like a city mm-hmm. like that clip that i played at the beginning it it it's was like a city, city with yeah. with cars and people and motorcycles mm-hmm. and all of this and every little person in the grid is a program or that's the concept right and then the people who write the programs are the users and they're this kind of concept of like deity that's from the first tron mm-hmm. and please please even if you don't watch the original tron Listen to our original Tron episode, which is the episode just before this. Are you just watching.com slash 18 
to listen to that and hear or we explain much more about the idea of the users who are like a deity to the programs who are like mm-hmm. the creation. Yeah. Cause the user myth really doesn't it. I think there may have been maybe two references at most in Tron legacy. To yeah, there, there is a major reference mm-hmm. about that and we'll get into that in a little bit, but talking about the grid, this is a world that, that Flynn created mm-hmm. and it's in the world of his computer, just a single computer. Right. It's a closed computer that's hidden in the basement of his old arcade. <laughs> I loved all of the caveats, or not caveats, mm-hmm. all of the uh, cameos mm-hmm. and um, tributes to mm-hmm. the original Tron. Right. Like Flynn's and the music that starts <laughs> up. when. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said it's like a walk down memory lane to the 80s because yeah. the music is just so 80s. And all the furniture in <laughs> Flynn's apartment is mm-hmm. the same and the, the place, it, it's all really awesome. And it makes me wonder how did Totally this, rad, man. Yeah, <laughs> how did this building, this arcade place stay there in this uh, place separated from town? I wondered that 20, myself. No, wait. Yeah, 20, 20 years. years. Yeah. About 20 years. Uh-huh. I wondered that myself because I was watching this, like It just looked like a deserted part of the city. Like nobody ever went there. Right. And I would have been scared to park my bike outside that thing. And he just drives up with this, you know, classic motorcycle and parks it out there and goes wandering in and yeah. and leaves the door unlocked behind him as he walks in. Did you catch that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. And, but it's uh, also other cameo appearances or little tributes are things like the original light cycle is mm-hmm. in this and bit Mm-hmm. is a decoration a decoration yeah he's not an actual character in this movie and they have the blue juice but mm-hmm. it's treated more as an alcoholic beverage than a life-giving a source that they find substance. pooled in places yeah, yeah. they just kind of um, sip at it the the style of art is very similar to the original tron in that it's very like one colored kind of thing, mm-hmm. but, although there are more than that, but it's red and blue and black and white and <laughs> pretty green. much yeah, <laughs> they're, they're green ice cubes, but it's very, very um, two tone or very limited in mm-hmm. the color spectrum. Yeah, very. But the way that they do the colors, I thought was really neat because in the original Tron, they used a lot of light. Mm hmm everything was lit up and people had all of these lights all over them. They mm-hmm. look like circuit boards in this Tron. The lighting is much more selective, mm-hmm. but much more decorative. Right. And well, I'm sure it was a lot easier to do because, uh, the original Tron, they had to create a technology <laughs> just to create that look. Yeah. And in this one, obviously they just use CGI. It was kind of just, to me, it's kind of a cop out. They didn't have to create anything new to do it. Or I want to look more into how they did things, but I think a lot of it was also just stuff that they were wearing because Mm -hmm. nowadays we have things like fiber optics Mm -hmm. and LEDs and Mm -hmm. bendable lighting and Mm -hmm. such that they didn't have back then. I mean, I'm in front of a MacBook computer that has a screen that is super thin and it's rather bright and full <laughs> resolution and all of that. And they can put that into suits and things. That and, I mean, most people nowadays use their cell phones as, as flashlights. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so the, although they did use a lot of CG, of mm-hmm. course. 
So, talking about this from a Christian critical thinking perspective, and like we always suggest, we recommend you see the movie first and enjoy it before you think critically about it. Which makes it a little hard on us because we go and have to think critically the first time we see it. (laughs) The first few minutes I was watching it and just like getting engrossed in it. Like when that theme started off and saw the word Tron legacy on it, I just thought, oh, I was so into it at first. And then I realized, oh yeah, I need to take notes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and it started hitting us pretty rapidly, even from the beginning things to talk about. So yeah, in this, it reminded me a little bit of Star Trek where the new Star Trek where James Kirk is this reckless young man mm-hmm. who steps up to destiny. Right. And in this, or he's not living up to his father's legacy. Right. Because his dad is gone. Right. And in this, it's very similar. Thing very that similar. Sam mm-hmm. is Flynn's son and Sam is being very reckless he shows up at Incom only once a year and just to play a practical yeah. joke on him. Yeah. <laughs> and Dillinger's son is kind of one of the top dogs at Incom Incom. And Sam doesn't care about the company enough to run it. But he does seem to care. Yeah. To some degree. And yeah. so going so far as hacking in to copy the new operating system that Incom is about makes. to put on the market. Yeah. Yeah. And he releases it for free on the internet. <laughs> That's a costly practical joke, <laughs> <laughs> but could be very effective because yes. of today's marketing and how the culture works today. Mm-hmm. So in the real world, what are some of our thoughts here of what happens within the movie while it's still in the real world. We see Reckless Sam. Mm -hmm. His father disappeared. And so he's a little bit bitter about that and just feels like his dad just deserted him. And he's a very prominent orphan. And they just the little flashbacks, you see the the little news clips that they give you. And at the beginning of the movie shows you that all eyes were on him, even from the age of what, 12. Yes. And, that's a hard way to grow up. I mean, your father disappears. You have no idea where he went. And then your grandma and your granddad who are taking care of you die. And everybody's looking at you because you're the son of, you know, this, you know, disappeared CEO who was so important. You know, it's kind of like, it would be kind of like Microsoft with Bill Gates vanishing and his son suddenly everybody looking at him all the time. Although Bill Gates no longer is in charge of Microsoft. Yeah. Like Steve Jobs, that would be better. Because after all, Incom did have OS 12. Hello, yes. that's going to be uh-huh. Apple's release when they run out of 10 point whatever. Well, they haven't done 11 yet. No. So it'll be like 28 years from now. <laughs> yeah, OS 10 seems to have been around for a while. So then Sam enters the system. And this is very reminiscent of matrix where mm-hmm. they can plug in and go in and out of the system it's a system that in some way they have control over and that they can create things but yet programs run on themselves and certain programs are after certain things and such and we do have to mention and the, of course this is being the spoiler that that the uh it, it's a page to alan that that brings sam to the arcade yes and that he thought his father was finally contacting them. 
Mm-hmm. And it turns out that that's not the case. Right. It was actually, we can go ahead and say it because yeah. we've already said spoilers will be in here. Unless you don't want to know this yet. <laughs> Clue was the one that sent the page. Right. Originally, when I saw the spot where Sam is talking to his dad mm-hmm. and he says, I got your page. And his dad says, oh, my page, of course. Ah. When I saw that, I thought that was some indication that that Flynn's body had just died. That there was mm. something about the system that would page Alan when uh, Flynn's body died. Huh. So that's what I was thinking that meant is that we were going to go through this and then discover that Flynn was dead the whole time. And <laughs> his last, he was, only a part of him was left in the computer and mm-hmm. he was, his body was dead beyond recovery. But that wasn't the case. No, no. So, and, and I think that his reaction there was more of... He, realizing that clue was the one that did it but he wasn't quite at that at the point where he was willing to confess to sam what all was going on so then sam enters the world now the system is a lot smaller than it was in tron Mm -hmm. (laughs) for only being seven years later in their timeline apparently i think only being seven years later, they sure shrunk down that system a whole lot more from being this gigantic thing. <laughs> well, I think actually that makes sense because if you remember, the original Tron took place in Incom's computer system, not in Flynn's computer system. True. And because the master control program was the, the, the regime that everybody was under. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get the feeling that you know, from the back history when Flynn's explaining what happened, that he had created this new computer in order to be the digital grid that he could put himself into. He was trying to recreate what happened with the Incom master uh, master computer. Yeah. So the master control program is completely gone. Yeah. Not even referenced. Nope. That I could tell. No. That's a different system, too. Yeah. So, but that's what created this world. And that's when Flynn says, I got in. Right. That's what happened is he got in. Right. That. So it goes along is that Flynn has figured out a way that he can do this regularly and he gets in, he recreates his program Clue, which in the first movie, very near the beginning of the first movie, we're introduced to Clue. Mm-hmm. And here is what Flynn, a very young Flynn, <laughs> says to Clue, and it helps us understand Clue a little bit more. Are you Clue. Yes, sir. Clue, we don't have much time left to find that file. This is top priority. Yes, sir, I know, sir. This isn't just correcting my bank statement or phone bill problem again. This is a must. I understand, sir. Now, I wrote you. Yes, sir. I taught you everything I know about the system. Thank you, sir, but I'm not sure no that... No buts, Clue. That's for users. Now, you're the best program that's ever been written. You're dogged and relentless, remember? Let me add him. That's the spirit. Now, keep that tank rolling. I'll try to cover you from this end. Go. So, back then, Clue was the best program that's ever been written. <laughs> according he, to Flynn as yeah. programmer <laughs> and he was dogged and relentless uh-huh. and we see that exact same personality though much more amplified mm-hmm. in this and back then Clue respected Flynn as a user right? and then later on Clue says that Flynn is flawed 
Mm-hmm. And Clue believes himself to be perfect. And I think it's, it's an interesting evolution, not in Clue's character, but in Flynn's character. Because I don't necessarily think it's Clue that changes that much. I think it's Flynn that changes. Because he even admits near the end of the movie, he's talking to Clue and he says, uh, he, he makes a comment about perfection and um, it, it, the whole point of Clue was to make things perfect. And uh, and then he, he tells him, he says, Clue, I've, you know, perfection is unknowable. It's not achievable. And I know this now, but I didn't know that when I programmed you. So he set him, he set Clue on a, a perp, for a purpose that was unattainable. And then he realized himself that it wasn't attainable, but Clue was already programmed to seek it. So he wasn't able to, to stop seeking it just because his, his programmer changed his mind on that. Yeah, and and going back to entering the grid and what what Flynn envisioned for the grid and why mm-hmm. he created Clue to right. create the grid and the, he and Clue to make a perfect world. Yeah, yeah, as he envisioned a perfect world, and like you say, it's uh, the grass is always greener right. on the other side. You mentioned mm-hmm. um, or before in some of our discussions about this, uh, the oh, what was his name, Alan. Alan said that Flynn had described this world in a certain way. And that was that he said, in there, the grid is our destiny, our hope, our future. Actually, it was our our future, our destiny. And he, he said this to Alan. He said, or Alan said, he was talking about genetic algorithms, quantum teleportation. He said he was about to change everything, science, medicine, religion, Hmm. with this discovery. He saw the grid, I think he saw in some ways the grid as eternal life. Mm -hmm. And it means that we could, in a sense, be our own gods. Create our own worlds. Yes. Mm -hmm. Rule over them Mm -hmm. and make a world to be whatever we wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And not have to worry about health problems, not have to worry about wars and such, but creating a perfect world inside a computer. That's what he sought, is to create a perfect world. Mm-hmm. And he thought that would revolutionize science, medicine, and religion. And part of that is because of this discovery. The major thing that he said would revolutionize the cause of this was the discovery of the ISOs, which were the isomorphic algorithms and we'll get more into them <laughs> yeah. a little bit later but they, the, they require discussion all on their own <laughs> yeah. so then but but at the end of the movie clue is on the flip side of that saying out there in the real world he, he gives this moving speech to mm-hmm. his army new, yeah his new his army. brainwashed army <laughs> and he says out there is their destiny mm-hmm because they want to take over the world and seek power and create a perfect world out there <laughs> because they see Flynn is flawed. He's from mm-hmm. out there. So we'll go out there and make it perfect. Right. <laughs> it's kind of the, the Nazi regime type mm-hmm. of feel. Right. Right. And it's always, it, it's what I, my comment on that is that it's, it's just, it's amazing how we always think that if, 
if we go somewhere else, that's where we can find our satisfaction. It's like this world where we are is always imperfect and not meeting our complete um, satisfaction for whatever we're looking for in life or whatever our purpose is. And so we're always striving to find another place we can go. It's like the cow trying to reach over the fence, trying to get Mm -hmm. at the grass, you know, that he thinks is greener on the other side of the fence. And we're just never satisfied and content where we are. And part of that is not seeking the proper purpose in our lives because God would give us um, the, the right contentment and the right joy in his will wherever we are. Yeah. And Christ himself said, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, mm-hmm. and no one comes to the Father but by him. And through him is life and life eternal. I can't remember where that one is from. It'll <laughs> be in the show notes. But Jesus Christ is our means to eternal life versus eternal death, which is without Jesus Christ. Right. We're, we're going to live eternally. All right. of us right. w- will live eternally, but we can either live in life or live in death. <laughs> right. And Flynn sees, in a sense, a way out of that by jumping in the grid, transcending into a digital world where... He's a god. Yeah. Or or he thought he could be, in a sense. And he was the user. And he had Tron, who fights for the users. Yeah. And, And it's interesting that he puts his portal out of reach. And that was the the whole point of Clue paging Sam was to reopen the portal because the portal it has a time limit on it and it closes. And that was how Flynn had gotten stuck down there to begin with is because Clue had blocked him from the portal and he wasn't able to leave before it closed. And it could only be opened from the outside. So they had to have somebody in the real world reopen the portal. And that was what the page was for. Mm-hmm. And, and to get somebody out there, either Alan or Sam or somebody, to to investigate and reopen the portal. And and it, it's um to to be a god that you put yourself into a world and then don't give yourself a way out. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> well, I need to work on being that god like thing a little bit more. <laughs> Also, so once they're in, they've created this perfect world. Or they thought. Or, or, yeah, or, Flynn yeah. and Clue and Tron have created this perfect world. But something weird happens. A miracle happens. That's how he, yeah. he, he phrases it. A miracle that you really... I didn't understand it at first when they were explaining it in the movie. I had to <laughs> just wait patiently to understand it a little bit mm-hmm. more as it went on. And the miracle was with the isomorphic algorithms. Now, whatever the Huey, Dewey, and Louie that means, don't worry about it now. (laughs) Someone smarter than us can explain what that actually means. But basically, it's presented as digital evolution. Yeah. uh, What in iRobot they Mm -hmm. call ghosts in In the the machine. machine. Right. These are programs that Flynn said he created some of, but not all of them. They evolved into. spontaneously evolved into uh, uh, organisms, digital organisms that were greater than all of the other programs. And Flynn saw them as this incredible means to change science, medicine, and religion. Right. And in many ways, he thought these programs were even better than himself. 
he created he created clue to make the perfect world and then clue sees competition because now flynn is so enamored with these these isos Mm -hmm. and that they are so wise that what did he say about the isos he said they were profoundly naive and manifestly wise whatever that means (laughs) (laughs) but definitely wise and he was amazed at that but yet it was beyond him how they came there he didn't create them Mm -hmm. because of that that created competition for Mm -hmm. clue and so there was the purging the wiping out of the isos yeah and clue saw that competition he wanted it destroyed because he thought he was the perfect program Right. And he was going to make the perfect world, not these ISOs. That's not so much what he thought. That was his defining purpose. That was what he was created to do. Mm-hmm. And and it's like Tron, Tron's purpose was slightly different. And he, he was a pr- protector of the users. That's what he had been created to be. But Clue had a purpose. He was programmed with a purpose. And, and I think in a way, Flynn just abandoned him to... And not understanding that Clue was a program who couldn't change his purpose himself. If Flynn wanted him to be different, he should have changed his program. And of Korra, who is the last ISO. Right. We learn later in the movie. Flynn said that Korra is a digital frontier to reshape the human condition. <laughs> Did I get that right? Yeah, I, I I think I wrote that down. Correctly. I didn't write that one down, so I, I'll trust you on that to one. To reshape the human condition. And what is he referring to in the human condition? Science, medicine, and religion. Mm-hmm. So he sees these ISOs as new, I'd almost say like prophets from God, almost, or new oracles of wisdom. Well, you have to realize also, and there, there's a there's a very blatant religion in throughout this movie, and I did some research on it um, prior to coming to do this podcast. Is Zen Buddhism, and you see it uh, with the very first time you see Flynn in the grid, he is in 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 pretty much in like in the lotus position, uh, meditating, yeah. and and he uh, at several times mentions says things that are very very zen in in their philosophy and he um he even at one point tells sam hey you're ruining my zen you know (laughs) so somehow or another flynn has become a zen buddhist well he's got all of those philosophical books right in his right and and that seems to be what he's chosen as his um vehicle of for purpose and philosophy and so being a Buddhist, they do seek enlightenment in in very interesting ways. And I think that that's where that whole idea that Korra could be reshaped the human condition is that he, um, that he's he's applying some kind of a, a a Buddhist type philosophy to the human condition. That, like what Korra and the Isos know could lead us to enlightenment. Right. That we could achieve that which is beyond ourselves right right so he, it, it's it 
I I was amazed at how blatant the Buddhism was in this in this movie. It's like because we went often when when we did the original Tron, we kept trying to explain why it wasn't a Christian movie. This one we we don't even have to say it's not Christian because it's blatantly Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you know what? There are I think very many parallels. They, yeah, there but, are. Which let me just briefly overview these. These are some things that stood out to me during mm-hmm. the movie. Right. Is and this is what many Christians will probably jump on and say, "Oh, well, oh, it's, it's a Christian, a Christian movie." movie. <laughs> Here is uh, a guy that created the grid. He's right. the creator. He's even called the father, Korah's mm-hmm. father, and so he's the father. Right. He has created this world and had this like right hand man who then rebelled against him and sought to ascend above Flynn. Reminds Mm -hmm. me of Isaiah 14, where Mm -hmm. Lucifer wants to ascend to the highest of heaven and be greater than God and rule Mm -hmm. over all creation. But instead, in this world, he's the the clue is limited to just within this world, but he's the prince of that world. Mm -hmm. And in our world, Satan is the prince of our world. And here is the father, the creator, and his only son that he has also transcends into this world and becomes one of the programs, or not a program itself, but like a program, but different. Mm-hmm. And even Jem, one of the the conscripts, or not conscripts, one of the just assistants for the games, says and notices he's different. Right. So there's something different about him. He's not fully programmed, but not fully man because he's in the world mm-hmm. of the program. So he's like the the program man <laughs> or the program <laughs> that didn't work and then uh, continuing on with the symbolism is that ultimately Flynn the father gives his life for his children and sacrifices himself which we know that God the father sacrificed himself but in the personhood of his son Jesus mm-hmm. Christ and we also see that that the ISOs are kind of like the chosen race or like the Israelites that are have become favored or are favored of mm-hmm. the creator. And these are special and he sees, he has hope for them of the future and plans for them in the future and to change the world with them and through them. However, <laughs> Flynn didn't directly create nor even really fully understand the isos he said he created part of them mm-hmm. but the rest is beyond him he right. didn't understand them right himself right illustrating his limitation and their actual story supremacy over him right and we are not supreme over god psalm 8 says that god made us a little lower than the angels or some people some philosophers say uh, scoff not scoffers scholars say that perhaps that should actually be translated he made us a little lower than god himself but either Mm -hmm. way still we are not higher than god we are lower than god and the isos are higher than flynn in their wisdom but they are still naive as well flynn is trapped in this world that he created and he must be rescued by his only son Mm -hmm. and his only son doesn't sacrifice himself for humanity or for it's actually the opposite yeah Yeah, it's his father sacrifices himself for his son and only his son and a cora too Mm -hmm. and uh, 
Osso Flynn wanted, or I'm sorry, Clue wanted this world to be perfect and complete order. Clue being the bad guy wanted order and perfection. Flynn welcomed chaos. Well, he said he, he, at one, one point he says in the movie, I screwed up chasing after perfection. Yeah. He realized that he, it, he grew up in the grid, basically, because he was this kid playing with all kinds of things and enjoying, I mean, a, a geeky kid having fun. I'm sure he had some really terrific goals. And then he got stuck in the grid and he was forced to grow up. And part of that growing up was discovering that his goals were not attainable goals and that he had to uh, remove himself from the equation, which was said yes. <laughs> a very prominent. The art of selflessness. But yes. Um, he had to get rid of his own goals and, and try to find, and this was part of the Zen, you know, the whole looking for enlightenment and seeking to... Um, better the world through extracting yourself from it and it was totally different i mean th- i think he he definitely changed being in the grid changed him made mm-hmm. him into a different person and um i don't know where i was going with that but yeah, yeah he, he, he his his ideals changed and that with that the perfection that he was chasing after he realized ruined his life so now he's finding chaos to be good news yeah because there it's like a chess game between he mm-hmm. and clue is they're waiting for each other to make the next move and because if someone makes the move someone is going to lose right but then when sam enters the world and he brings in a little bit of chaos mm-hmm. flynn does say huh chaos this is good news mm-hmm. because it messes up that balance that, that one-on-one balance yeah. right and which is quite contrary to how God created the world to be and how God interacts with us and what Jesus did on the cross. So don't use Tron quite totally as a sermon illustration. Yeah. But it it has some parallels, but then again, no. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, no. 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 Like you're and, saying it very Buddhist. Yeah, it's very Buddhist. Uh, I one of the comments that was made um talking about the perfection was when uh, Flynn was mentioning to his son, he's like, uh, Clue is looking to make everything perfect. And so what's more imperfect than our world? And that's why he, he's, he succeeded uh, with, yeah. he succeeded with the grid and because of his, his uh, purpose that he's programmed with to, to make things perfect. Then the next thing that he needs to make perfect is the real world because that's the next imperfect thing that needs to be handled or taken care of. Mm-hmm. And it brought to mind to me, uh, you know, the the imperfectness of our world is scriptural. Oh yeah. Um. It's it's uh uh in Romans it says that just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. We live in a sin cursed world that is drastically imperfect but because of that we have a goal um in second peter it says but according to his promise we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells and in revelations or the revelation excuse me um 
it says, then I saw a new heaven and an earth, a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there is no longer any sea. That's Revelation 21.1. This is the, the Christian hope is that we will, this imperfect world that we're living in will go away someday and we're going to live in a perfect world where God is the light mm-hmm. and the focus of everything. And so I guess in a little, there, there's kind of a parallel there too, that, that, that there were wanting a perfect world, but through our own actions, we can't make it perfect. But Clue's method for creating the perfect world right. is to destroy anything that's imperfect. Right. Whereas God's method for taking an imperfect world is to redeem, is to redeem it by sacrificing, sacrificing himself through the personhood mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. Right. Quite different. Oh yes. Very different. <laughs> and, and it's in, it's one of those works versus grace things. Again, it's like you can't force perfection on the imperfect through our own actions. We can't do it. We can try and make the world a better place by being better people, but we'll never attain to perfection. Just as he, he discovers in the movies, like perfection is unknowable. But at the same time, as Christians, we can know it because God is perfect. Right. And we can know God. And God told us to be perfect or be holy as mm-hmm. your father as your heavenly father is perfect that's right. matthew five forty eight, a verse both of us were thinking of right <laughs> in regards to this but uh, clue rebels against flynn and clue's story reminds me very much of isaiah 14 and as i looked at isaiah 14 i realized whoa this sounds a whole lot like a plot description of tron legacy Let me read this to you. This is from New American Standard, Isaiah 14, starting in verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth, you who have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you. They will ponder over you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world like a wilderness and overthrew its cities, who did not allow its his prisoners to go home? All the kings of the nations lie in glory, each in his own tomb. But you have been cast out of your tomb like a rejected branch, clothed with the slain who are pierced with the sword, who go down to the stones of the pit like a trampled corpse. You will not be united with them in burial because you have ruined your country. You have slain your people. May the offering of evildoers not be mentioned forever. Prepare for his sons a place of slaughter because of the iniquity of their fathers. They must not arise and take possession of the earth and fill the face of the world with cities. Hmm. Sounds a lot like Tron Legacy, doesn't it? (laughs) Or Tron Legacy sounds a lot like it. Another parallel that I saw, or interesting illustration between Clue and Satan, is Satan is called many different things in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And in John 10.10, Jesus Christ called Satan the thief. And in John 10.10, he says, the thief comes only to steal 
kill, and destroy. I came that they might that they may have life and have it abundantly. What well, clue can't create programs. Mm-hmm. He can only, and this is said in the movie. Right, this it's is said, yeah. a quote from the movie. He can't create programs, only destroy or repurpose them. He can only steal, kill, and destroy, mm-hmm. but he can't create. Right. But, like we said, don't start preaching sermons with <laughs> yeah. this yet. Because also, the clue is actually presented as being a part of Flynn. He's actually... Uh, and that's how Flynn destroys him in the end is they, they had made the comment that the only way that he could destroy Clue was to reabsorb him, to mm-hmm. bring to bring him back into being and that that would be such a destructive thing to do that it would wipe out the grid. And that's the way Flynn at the end when he realizes that Clue is going to get outside of his control and might even get outside while uh, Sam is leaving, then he pulls him back in and creates that that merging between the two of them, mm-hmm. which um, I don't, I don't think Satan is a part of God. <laughs> no, it's like some people say the light at the beginning in Genesis was God, mm-hmm. but it says that God divided the light and made darkness, and there is no darkness in God. Mm-hmm. So God is not like light and dark. He's not mm-hmm. yin and yang. He's not the force that is neutral. Speaking of the force. <laughs> i just have to bring this up there was a there was actually they stole a lot of scenes from a lot of different movies and this is probably a good wrap up to what we're going to say because i know we're running out of time but there was an actual they stole an entire scene out of the original star wars it started with um they're in this little ship flying to get away and they're all three in there and 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 uh Cora says here they come verbatim princess leia in in star wars as they're flying away from the death star here they come and then luke goes running back and gets in the in in the little gun turret and starts firing at the and guess what sam does it in the movie he goes back and he gets in the little gun turret and they start firing and there it's like this whole scene stolen verbatim from star wars complete with the intro line (laughs) yeah but still awesome to watch. Oh yeah. And it was really cool. And they had they had um I, I was reading some reviews from some people who had posted online who had seen it even days ago. Mm-hmm. And they had commented that the scene where they're they're they when uh, Cora originally uh, rescues Sam and they're traveling in this little cool little car that it's almost taken like out of the original batman movie where he's he's like shows them driving his 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 special car through this road down this road and everything this is it look just like it yeah true (laughs) so yeah they did a little bit of stealing in this movie i don't know whether it was an attempt to to like um you know tip their hat to other classic movies i don't know maybe Maybe because uh, I don't know. <laughs> However, I think well, going to the end of the movie, a couple things that they left hanging mm-hmm. that can make for some interesting discussion. Tron. We didn't talk much about Tron, but Tron. <laughs> yeah, the title character and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hardly shows up in this movie. <laughs> well, he's throughout it, and right. he was actually in the games. If you. Remember, if you think back to it. Right. But, he's just not called Tron. He's going by a different yeah. name. Just like R2-D2 in 
Star Wars mm-hmm. Episode Three. In this movie, Tron kicks butt. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's amazing, but he is captured by Clue and repurposed mm-hmm. as one of Clue's soldiers. And his so best he's, soldier, yeah, his warrior mm-hmm. and his champion. I guess would probably he, be near the end. At some point, he something happens and he suddenly remembers i fight for the users right and he changes he turns against clue and tries to stop clue which he doesn't quite succeed and he falls yes and he gracefully sinks in the and water and his red lights turn to white as he blue blue yeah 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 the the bad guys or not necessarily the bad guys but there were blue people and there were red people and the red people were generally bad guys and blue were generally good guys not all the time but yeah there were some some people that were not so good (laughs) yeah so they they turn from red to tron turns from red to blue at the end but it it, does he die does the program die or not because you don't see him derez no he doesn't derez He's just left sinking or falling or whatever yeah. he's doing there at the end. Perhaps he is on that storage, the, the little USB that thing. That's the other kind thing. Of thing yeah. That Sam pulled yeah. out of the system. Yeah, he, he copies the whole thing onto this miniature little disc and hangs it around his neck. Uh, also, Cora comes mm-hmm. out of the system. We right. could see that coming. Gets to see her first sunset or yes. sunrise. I guess it's a sunrise. Sunrise. And she comes out of the system. And she's now in human form mm-hmm. and she has this, what was it? What manifestly wise she's manifestly wise, but very naive. Mm-hmm. And now she's in this new world. And is she going to change science, medicine, and religion? <laughs> I don't know. It, it and, could, it, and Sam's going to take over the company, which yes. it's, it's interesting how many hands Incom has been in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it could leave it open for a sequel, but I don't think they'll do a sequel. Uh, not not immediately. Maybe another 20 However, years. However, <laughs> Avatar didn't really leave it open for a sequel. Mm-hmm. But because Avatar was such a huge hit, mm-hmm. they're making a sequel. Yeah. So maybe they'll make Tron a sequel if it's such a massively huge I don't think it's going movie. to be. I really, yeah. really honestly don't think this movie is going to be a hit. Uh, completely opposite. Side note here, the girl who played um, Coron, Coron, uh, her name is Olivia Wilde. If they ever turn the video game Mirror's Edge into a movie, mm-hmm. they need to get Olivia Wilde <laughs> to play the character, <laughs> to play, uh, oh, I can't even remember the character's name from Mirror's Edge, the video game, but it's... She just looks exactly like the character from the video game. So if they ever do it, they've got to get her and give her the same haircut that well, she had in Tron. I also, in some of my research online, found out that this uh, Tron Legacy is actually a continuation of the Tron video game. 2.0, yeah. Uh, that has recently come out, not 2.0. Oh, okay. There's a new one that has recently come out that explains the whole backstory for this for this movie where Clue about Clue and all of that. And I was reading that online. They said that unless you've played the game, you really quite honestly don't know what's going on. Really? 
And so that's kind of made me want to try to get yeah, my hands on the game. We'll have to try and do that for research purposes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> if you want to support such research, then you can email us money. Yes. <laughs> or go shopping at Amazon and use our yeah. affiliate account. Yeah, we've got all sorts of affiliate links now on the sites and services that we do use and recommend on the site, or at least I use them and recommend them. <laughs> But so if you want to share some stuff with us, did you have, by the way, anything else? Okay. I think we've probably gone over time yeah, on this I, one. I really liked Tron. Yeah. I did. I seeing it makes me want to buy a Blu-ray player just to get. Tron oh, yeah. That's going to be impressive in Blu-ray, isn't oh, yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you've got just a standard DVD player buy a blu-ray player now <laughs> and or, a 3d television yeah. <laughs> though to be honest we never even mentioned oh, the, 3D. Yeah, the 3d i think it was 3d is nice mm-hmm. but i don't really think it's worth the money because right. i think so far you still or at least for myself i get wrapped up into the movie that many times i've forget that it's 3d i get yeah. used to it being the in new 3D. 3d just doesn't seem to be as in your face as the old style 3d was and to that end it's it's more like yes it's three-dimensional but it's three-dimensional out there and i think that when we're watching a movie we turn it in our minds we turn it into three dimensions even though we're not seeing it in three dimensions and so it's not really necessary to to pull us into the movie to create that three-dimensional framework it's not really necessary the intros and outros always look the best right <laughs> that's where it that's seems when you like notice it's jumping it. yeah. out at you yeah but still uh, go ahead and see the 3d and let us know what you think yeah but speaking of letting us know what you think we want to know what you think of Tron Legacy. So you can leave a comment on the show notes, which will be at areyoujustwatching.com slash IR14. That's for initial reactions, 14. Or email feedback at noodle.mx or call in to 859-353-4332 and you can leave a voice message there from your phone. And let us know what you thought of Tron Legacy. In fact, feel free to call us right after you go see the movie because it just goes to voicemail. So you don't have to worry about waking up any of us. <laughs> and but, that's when it's fresh in your mind. And yeah. When, yeah. Yeah. Or if you want to process some things more. Or if you play the video game, then we'd love to hear some more about that if we mm-hmm. don't get to play it uh, soon. I, I'm seriously thinking now maybe I should try and buy the video game, mm-hmm. play it. And then release an episode about the video game. About the video game, yeah. yeah. I just, I, I, it was just a comment that I happened upon, uh, actually on IMDb, you know, where they have the reviews and mm-hmm. IMDb. It was one of the reviews there that somebody had said that, that, that it was kind of a continuation of the of the video game, mm-hmm. the story in the video game. Well, so remember to contact us. Let us know what you think, and also if you are actually interested in sponsoring us in some way, so we can get more movies or play mm-hmm. games, or I mean do research research (laughs) (laughs) you can also email us at feedback at noodle.mx and we can work out a way that works i don't have a donation button back on the site yet Mm -hmm. since making the noodle mix network but it'll be there eventually sometime and what we'd really love is if you could tell someone about the podcast spread the word subscribe to our newsletter by the way at noodle.mx and get some insider things and some background information as on the network and new stuff that we'll be working on. 
And check out our other podcasts at noodle.mx, The Ramen Noodle, a clean comedy podcast, and The Audacity to Podcast, which is about podcasting and audacity. Mm-hmm. And keep watching because you're going to see some other podcasts on the network soon. So just keep watching for that. But until then, Eve, where can people follow you? I'm at Twitter uh, slash Eve Franklin. Yeah, and I tweet for the network. I tweet for the network for the uh-huh. users <laughs> at <laughs> twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. Oh boy, this has been fun. Oh, highly anticipated. It's so good to be back in the studio to do this too. Yeah. So I hope that you guys have a Merry Christmas. Yes. And uh, enjoy the And if it's past movie. Christmas when you listen to this, then we hope you had a Merry Christmas. Yeah. I'm Daniel Lewis. And I'm E. Franklin. Thanks for listening. And don't just watch. Are You Just Watching? is produced and sponsored by D. Joseph Design at djosephdesign.com. The opening vocal talent is thanks to Mariah. Our theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis from their exciting Vacation Bible School curriculum, Operation Space, which you can find at AnswersVBS.com. <laughs>